Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You got me there, Owen? Yeah, Owen, yes? Yeah, as long as you're not screaming. Yeah, okay, cool. You. Sorry. Uh, Lima, go ahead. Yeah, what's up? How you doing? So... Is there audio we're going to play tomorrow of Andy Baskin saying something to me? No, there's not audio. Oh, there's not audio? Oh, there's audio. We're just not going to play it. Well, I didn't know what he said. What did he say? What did he say? I don't know. They made some joke about your Emmy. I listened to it once. I didn't oh, think really? it was very good. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my Emmy. Yeah. Do I, uh, I've had several people ask real quick if I should add it to my bio. Like saying, why haven't you added it to your bio yet? Is that like a thing people make fun of? What? I've had several people tweet at me here over the last couple of days and say, why haven't you added Emmy winner to your bio? And I... Who are the people that uh, ran this by you? People who tend to make jokes on Twitter. And so I'm like, no, this is a a trap. This is a trap here. Someone's going to trap me I've made fun of a lot of people for doing it, and so do a lot of people. But then... It becomes a, well, is it just the people that are making fun that haven't won it yet? And this goes back and forth because everybody in, when I was in TV full time, and that was my industry, we made fun of the people that submitted their stuff 100% of years. We're like, well, eventually there'll be an Emmy Award winner. You just have to submit it enough years, and then you'll eventually win it. Oh, Nobody who's ever done it every year has not won it. Like, you will win it eventually if you work in TV long enough. That was the joke with people that win it. Or that don't win it. Well, why didn't you submit one every year? Uh, You know what? In West Virginia, I won a Society Professional Journalist Award, Kenny. Very, very famed award in the West Virginia area. Yes, I beat out journalists from Ohio. I beat out journalists from Kentucky, from Indiana. Wow. Big J journalism. It was a true marvel, and I thought, I'm terrible at TV. This is my first year of doing TV. If I'm winning this award already, these awards don't really you win. You weren't don't bad. Really need it. Stop it. Everybody's bad when they start out. I, I saw you weren't bad. Although I say that, and was Ken bad? Because he won an award. You were as... no. But I, I've been a broadcaster for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And do they... do? Do they ask me to do what they ask also, you to do? No. You were doing your producing your what own stuff, mean? right? 
Yeah, yeah, I don't, shooting, yeah, I don't do that. I do not. He just nope. stands up there like a puppet. And that's why I said thank you to all the people who mm-hmm. made me look good because I can't make myself look good. Yeah, obviously. Well, that's not true. So I shouldn't put Emmy winner in there because uh, I'm going to get made fun of. First of all, no, you should. You should. No, I'm not going to. Who cares about people like me that make fun of people like you? I care about what you say who, about me every day. But but no, but not Anthony specifically. Yeah. People like Anthony. Yeah. But not Anthony specifically. But not Anthony specifically. That's different. You guys have a relationship. But there are people we mm. know. I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm. People, the trolls, man. Yeah, I'm not Lima, doing that. Lima has a bit of a way of, that's how he gets through life, right? You find humor in the um, the less than humorous sometimes. Well, is anybody going to not rip me on my Twitter because oh, I'm an no, Emmy? I think. I well, have ripping a just, it's just a part that. of. What, and I've said this before. Being on social media. I finally enjoyed that Ken, over the last few years, has gotten ripped. Because for a while, I felt like, man, is, is, does nobody think Ken has a bad opinion ever? Because they would just come after me for all my opinions. And I think it's probably just because of the, my tone of my opinions. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, track record for any of us to do this for a living, we get everything wrong. Every day, right. we come up with opinions, predictions, expectations. And so if you do that and you're on record every day... Who the hell gets this right? Let's let's look at the people that do it for a living and get paid. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Andrew Barry. You want to go through every draft pick? How do you think people it, feel about his draft picks? And it doesn't even matter power. if you're ninety percent right. It's the ten percent that will yeah. stick out. So what were right? you saying about me getting ripped? The, no, until the day I die, people are going to bring up Anthony Bennett for me. Yeah, and deservedly so. But I've also gotten some right too. But nobody cares Name or nobody them. remembers or you don't get credit for it anyway. So, so what are you saying Like with when somebody ends up being really good. Like if I told you I was early on Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I mean, does anybody care? No. No. So what were you saying about me getting ripped on Twitter? That over the last few years, I've seen you get ripped more for your opinions. I've seen people call you negative the last few years. Well, that never happened. When we started this show. Well, not negative. It was Lima's negative. Ken is always right. That's not true. That was for what I what I well, dealt with for about four well, years okay. of that show. But I know why. Why? Because I was on at night by myself, mm-hmm. and then I was on for a year, and then you joined me. Well, yeah. you were only on on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. So I had a better relationship with people than you did. They only saw your tweets, which come off very negative. They were negative because the teams were terrible. Okay, of course, but they that's were the entire thing of it. My whole thing all along is: if your tweets were positive when the team was bad, then you're a liar and you have no credibility. Which is, I think, what I accused Ken Carmen of being many times. times. Yeah, many times. But I think that people got to know you <laughs> over a period of time, so then they just understand that ah, he doesn't hate. Like, it's not an. You're not trying to be somebody you're not. Well, then all this is silly. In the end, it yes. is silly. Like. We are sitting here, and I guarantee you, if, if I'm on pregame right before game one, and it's me and you, and we're at West Six and Barley, and we are sitting there before, what's the first home game? Is it Cincinnati, or is it, okay. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. We're all going to pick the Browns to win, and it shows you how silly this is. Yeah. Because we get caught up in it, we get emotional, and then if they're losing in the fourth quarter, and Watson looks horrendous, and our defense, Miles Garrett's sitting there with no sacks, and we can't get to the quarterback, and this rebuilt line, and Jim Schwartz is pissed off on the sidelines, and then you got guys right at the end of the game in the press conference going after each other. Yeah, 
I'm gonna lose it on Twitter again, and people get mad at I me. I don't know why you again. do it. Cause it's fun. Cause we're all drinking, and we are under the influence. I don't and drink during things, games anymore. You say things you probably shouldn't say. I don't drink during games anymore. You, you're done. I think. When did you start? That? Wait a minute. My Sundays are so much fun, though. Really? Yeah. Even with baby Izzy. Uh, no, they're not. And the only way to turn it into fun is to sit back and relax and watch some football. And just see how it goes. See what happens. To see what happens? I had a great Father's Day. You did? I had a great Father's Day. It was, it was, I was yelled at for drinking too much. We got to talk uh, about that. Did you document your we first gotta Father's Day? We got to talk about I was that. told this was not a beer drinking party. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Was well, Father's beer Day, present? it's your time to shine. Yeah, I kind of said, screw it. There was a time where I'm like, you know what? I thought I was going to be done drinking. It was like four and then that trip back to the fridge, and then to get another there, one for the father-in-law. Were there people that people at this party that didn't know you? It's like the regular, no, the usual, usual suspects, right? Your I'm the one. See, this is weird. I'm the only guy in my household at my get-together on Sunday that was drinking any alcohol whatsoever. Because Tone asked me when I burnt those burgers. He's like, were you drinking? I'm like, not really. I mean, I was having a couple, but I wasn't like, you know, whatever. Like, and and Tone over there, he's got did uh, Silvano and, uh, yeah, and uh, they your stopped sister? by early on their way back okay. to Chicago. So they were they there when your uh, father in law was there? Yeah. And oh yeah. Now, did you have any brothers in law or sister in law or anybody there? No, no, at all. No. Okay, so it's just your father in law, mother in law, yeah. you guys. Neighbor came over. Okay, and so you guys that did kept that the drinking going. Okay, that's the thing. You it was guys a are all perfect day outside. Field. You guys are all boozing. You're the one who gets yelled at. I'm the only one boozing. No one said a word. Now maybe they just think, well, Ken has a problem, and it's no point of saying something to him. And they still think they can save you, or I should say, Sarah still thinks she can save you. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell you right now, you just need to nip that one in the well, bud. Well, she's trying to nip things in the bud too, though. She's trying to establish that now that we got the patio set up. Now that we've got the new siding on the house, place looks great. i got to show you the shutters are up and everything's done. And when we get that fence done with the new Weber grill, the high-octane grill mm-hmm. with the sear zone, where we got our flowers hanging out back, mm-hmm. we've got our big bin that's going to hold the cushions. I mean, mm-hmm. this is suburban dad life. I think she's trying to establish very early on that every time we come out here, this is not a drink-your-face-off fest. Well, Okay. Let me tell you something. She's In the relax. summer, we only get like two months of and, this. And that's the worst thing to do is to tell someone else's wife to relax, let alone your <laughs> own. Um, I've been over the legal limit with you many times. You have never been put holes in the wall guy. No. So I don't think she no. has to worry about any of that. So what's her problem? What's the problem with you having a couple of drinks? I think she's thinking that the responsibility will shift 100% to her with the baby she is the one that has to worry about getting enough sleep. Do at you night. make it her responsibility when? Well, I mean, we're putting the baby to bed at six thirty, but she wants to do that every night. I have offered many times, but then it just gets thrown back in my face that I'm that she's the one that ends up having to do everything. See, I'm always so it's like I have offered every day. I said, "Do you want me to give her the bath tonight? Put her to bed?" And then she gets all emotional and goes, "No, I love doing it." But then, then what are we complaining about? We're complaining because we're complaining to start we an argument. We know how it is. We're the complaining very next to, day. To, to argue. We're complaining to complain. I mean, I've brought this up before. We we don't need to create problems where they don't already exist. Well, you guys haven't been together long enough. That might be part of the. I problem mean, that basically well. just matter. Yeah, like you guys might not know how to argue yet, fully. 
You've you've taught me that. I mean, you have talked about how you taught me that's, how to argue. That's one of the but but knowing how to do it with your significant other is why a lot of marriages fail. They never truly learn. All right, what are the things we're going to agree on? What are the things we're never going to agree on? How can we mitigate those quarrels and make sure they don't come so cutthroat and so volatile to where this this issue raises to the next rises to the next level to where it's very toxic. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like I still remember our first argument, just how silly it was. And I'm like, oh, that's this this happens. This is gonna happen. And then the next ones, and then how nasty you end up getting. Like it's it's unfortunate that anything ever gets to that level. Yeah. So I think there is there is kind of figuring out what that baseline well, <laughs> of what you can tolerate. What are the issues that you can tolerate? You know, it's like people that talk about negotiations all the time. I love hearing business people talk about this. I do. I'm obsessed with how people negotiate. Yes, and you are. One of the things they do right off the bat, the the premier negotiators, the people that really understand conflict resolution. Well, anybody, they understand what where are the where are the things we're not going to agree on. Like, let's just we won't get political, but it is political where they were able to get together to avoid, you know, what would have caused a direct recession and the debt limit. Yeah. Hearing them talk, and and, and I I It must have been very serious that they could come to an agreement on, by the way. But for once, if you actually read between the lines, I could hear politicians who dragged the other side through the mud, I could hear them working towards a resolution. I could hear it. And I'm like, they're they're really not going to do this. This is going to be good. They're going to avoid catastrophe. We're not going to do this just for political gain so we can either get a president removed or make sure the president wins. Like, they actually, both sides got together and realized they're all out if they hit that debt limit, if that debt limit is not taken care of. They're all out. They're all going to lose. For once, for once, normally incumbency is a real thing. We hate congressmen. We hate senators, but we love our senators. We love our congressmen. That's one of the big paradoxes in all politics. Yeah. And this was one that was torpedoing towards impending doom. They yes. all would have been out because we would have hit a recession. Yes. It would have been a disaster. You want to talk about what the prices of food are now? I mean, doubled. Gas prices doubled. They all understood that. They all understood that. And they actually got together and they hammered out a deal. Did they do it at the 11th hour? Of course they did. That's how you negotiate. That's how you get what you want done. And guess what both sides did? They both came back to their constituents and said, hey, look what I got for you. And look what the other side didn't get for you. They both did it, Democrats and Republicans. And they, in a bipartisan way, got together. That is negotiating. That is the point of it. Where are your pain points? What can you accept? What can you not accept? What can you not come back to? Same in a marriage. And I think it's exactly right in a marriage there have to be certain things that you accept that you hate about the other side. If you can't get to that point, you can't be together. That's only going to get worse and worse and go down a path that is not solvent down the road. I understand. Are my poli sci classes helping out here? They are. They make me want to talk about something else that I actually can't tell on the podcast. Why not? I really want to. I can't even tell it on the podcast. Because there's parties involved that listen and they might be sensitive to it. Oh, I can't believe I'm pulling that worst. card. I know. I want to do it so bad and I can't. I got to tell you guys after. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you both after. I'm not too thrilled about it, to be honest with you. I'm not too thrilled. I have to keep it away, too. Maybe sometime I'll get, I'll get to it, but I can't do it right now. It, it would make things very awkward. Because they do listen. It would make it very awkward. <laughs> and it has to do with that. Give it it's initials. not my wife. I'll tell you that. She don't listen to any Give of this. Give us the initials. 
No, can't do that because then people would guess. Spell out the third letter of every No, word. Oh, can't do on. that. They would guess. Um, you have a problem with the core four people. So I thought there about is, this a there, lot like over the, the last Like few days. the Tea Party, there is an offshoot of Cavs fans called the Core Four. So, and we'll probably do this on the show tomorrow too. The but Core Fours. There is like the Wig Party. You're about to see because of the parody in the NBA. Because we're a year away of the major consequences of the new CBA, which haven't been officially certified, cemented, but we do know in two years, teams like the Suns are going to be totally screwed with this new tax apron. And the Cavs are a candidate for a team that could be screwed with a new tax apron. Because of these new rules, you are going to see some player movement. You've already seen it. I mean, already. The the championship was just, what, last week? The Denver Nuggets won? Yes. Already, Bradley Beal changing the championship odds, going to the Phoenix Suns. Well, that happened with us. Remember, they they Durant had happened the while brain, we were Kevin, like eleven days later. Was Kevin Durant already? No, when okay. we won. Yeah. No, it was like eleven days later. Okay. We were the best team for eleven days. That was it. Yeah. That was it. We won the championship in 2016, and then everyone said, "Well, you're playing for second next year." And turns out they were right. They were right. Everybody was playing for second. It was the best Cavs team I had ever seen in my lifetime in 2017. And what did we lose in five games? Yep. <laughs> to Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot of player movement because teams are looking at two things. They're looking at, oh, my God, in two years, this is going to get really hard. This is going to get really hard in two years. And also, look at the parity. A lot of teams could have won the championship this year. I mean, if Milwaukee would have been healthy and had a healthy Giannis, yeah. they'd probably beat Miami. So what would have happened? They probably would have been in the finals. Philadelphia, Joel Embiid gets gets injured and is a mm-hmm. shell of himself. What happens if he stays healthy? Don't they probably get past Boston? They went to seven games anyway. Yeah. Don't they probably win? Uh, we the, the list goes on of teams that can say, man, this is wide open. And I know you're hearing a lot of people say, well, now Jokic, it's just going to go through Jokic every year. It won't. That's not how the league That's works. That's what we think, but That's no. That's not how yeah, the league works. I'm so right. amazed at we the thought overreaction. It would with Giannis. And Jokic is amazing. We are at a weird spot with flaws. parody. Yeah. Denver has flaws. They're not a perfect team. I didn't look at Denver and go, that team's unbeatable. Did you? No. I don't know where this is coming no. from, that they're going to be unbeatable going forward. Anyway, so with all of that said, the Cavs have real decision-making here. Do they sit back, let every other team go through their player movement and make their wild roster changes? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They sit there and go, well, just Evan Mobley every year is going to get better and better. We're going to get better and better as a team because of it. Darius Garland's going to get better and better every year. Do we stick or do we gamble? Do we start to make moves? We just saw where we were the most vulnerable against a mediocre Knicks team. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, guys. Everyone wants to say it was just a bad matchup. We would have gotten pummeled by Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta would have beaten us. No. I do. Come on. I do think Atlanta would have beaten us. I saw how they toyed with us in the regular season. You're a high ass. So all of that, all of that, thinking about all that put together. I am very interested in the divide between fans. And this is a bigger picture discussion. In life, sports fans, there are gamblers. Yeah. There are fans who shake it up, fire the coach, fire the GM. Superstar's not good enough. He'll never win a title. Get him out of here. And then there's the opposite side of that. There are the fans who just think everybody's going to get better every year and their team will eventually win the title. Both are wrong 99% of the time. If you just blow it up and want to blow it up, and that is your, that that is kind of your philosophy on yeah. sports, you'll never win. Guess what? The team that sticks together stays together. That team never wins either. No. Both of them are losers. Yet, these are the two, and I know I'm generalizing, they are the yes, two are. biggest segments of fan bases in sports. What would you rather be on? What side would you rather be on? The blow it up crowd? The change it? Gotta gotta reevaluate for every accuracy? Year? For accuracy? Well, just, just for the getting, stick with the plan crowd. Getting closer to where you need to for get to. For fun, the blow it up crowd. Blowing it up's fun. You get new players every yep. year. You get new players, new you get coaches, new coaches, new reasons you to believe. The, you get to speculate, you get new reasons to believe. Blow it up people. Sounds like the Cleveland Browns for Blo- so many years. They were. It's fun it's fun to yep. be blow it up. Your team's in the news. You get to look at you get to look at all the different machinations. You get to have all the fun. You get the dream. I mean, coach searches for like it had to be. Uh, Michigan's a bad example. I use the Browns. I mean, during the Mike Pettin search, Mike Pettin was probably one of the better coaches actually because you know I mean they were seven and nine. Yeah, looking back, and they started off really well that year, but. With the exception of that time, because it sucked where you went to like your seventh choice and nobody wanted to take your job, it seemed. And he ended up being a pretty good coach. It just, they drafted Johnny Manziel. Because of that, mm-hmm. it changes our opinion that on it. That was fun. But it, a lot Draft of it's fun, man. Fun. A lot of it's fun. Blowing it up. Mm-hmm. No one wants to admit it. It is so, like, blowing it up, people, it's the same reason why people go to. It's the same reason why people go to the casino, because it's right there. It's in your hands. You have this moment, you're like, oh my god, I hate this guy, and they just fired his ass, and you you get that like fantasy blood, and you don't care because you you just assume the guy's a millionaire and he's going to be fine and everything. Like people don't think about their jobs. Like no. I told you, man, my perspective changed when Chud. Honestly, when Chud got fired, and I'm like talking to Chud beforehand, and everything's fine, and then like. That Sunday morning, and you and Dustin were just like, oh, my God, Kenny, this is going to happen. I'm like, this is not going to happen. And you're like, "Guy, Kenny, this is going to happen. This guy's going to get fired. Like, Joe Banner won't answer the question. They're going to fire him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
And then, like, I saw him, like, a year later, and he was, like, with the Colts, and we saw each other in the press box. We're <laughs> like, hey, like, it was a breakup or something. It was weird. And he's a nice guy. I'm like, man, this has a real effect. So I feel bad when guys get fired. But I think for fans, it's just a fantasy. That's much more fun. To be the person who just wants to play it out and to be patient. Keep it together. Keep it together. Everyone's I, that's gonna, the best way to put it. They're going to stay healthy. They're going to get over the hump. As a fan, that's not much fun. It's just not that much fun. It really isn't. To, to, not, have, to not get to speculate on who you can entice to come to your team what draft pick you would have, what what trades you can make, play again, free agency enticements, coach enticements. I mean, that is just that's you don't get to have that fun. You get to watch everybody else. Like I you know what? I'll I'll come out and I'll admit it. Like we know coaches in in both college football and college basketball. And one of the fun things about knowing them is that if they're successful, where are they gonna go? What are they gonna do? Is there is but that is fun. That's interesting and it's fun. It's fun to live vicariously through them, and I know that you and I care about these people. But at the same time, it's it's fun to speculate. It is fun to be on the inside of that and see that and and fantasize about it. Even though that, I mean, they're the real people behind this stuff, and we would never in a million years ever have that that opportunity. I mean, what do you think the percentage is of fans? What camps are most fans in, or do you think it varies from city to city? Do you think it varies whether you come from a winning city or more of a losing city? That, okay, so I'm glad you brought this up. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because uh, I, I might have taken this to a different level. Go back. You, what do you mean take this from a winning city to a losing city? What are well, you talking about? Well, in, in Cleveland, you know, until the Cavs, yeah. it was none of the teams could break through. Mm-hmm. So does that get you thinking that one way is more being aggressive and – you know, not just sitting there and settling when things aren't going your way. And let's say you're a 500 team. Well, that's not going to cut it. There's teams that make, yeah, because there's there's instances where teams keep. I think people, there's instances where teams keep the same guys and they win. And we just don't pay attention to them because they're not as interesting. Okay. And then guys go and they, they get traded for or they get fired and, and brought in by other teams. And like John Gruden, as I know he's a bit of a pariah. Yeah. John Gruden, they traded him from Oakland to Tampa Bay. And he goes to Tampa Bay, and he ends up being a Super Bowl winning head coach after Tampa Bay fired to, fired Tony Dungy, who, again, is also a little bit of a pariah now to some groups, um, that he went to Indianapolis and won a Super Bowl. Both these guys won Super Bowls. That's exciting for a Buccaneers fan or for an Indianapolis Colts fan. That's exciting. And so you as a fan of a team like the Steelers, and I know these are long-ago examples. They're just the first ones that came to mind. If you're a fan of the Steelers, you're like, why are we not shaking it up with Mike Tomlin? And they haven't. They, the Steelers fan, have not shaken it and, up. And and that's what's going on with the Guardians, by the way. Like We have more and more fans. Why, like, guys, he's 64 years mm-hmm. old. You guys keep telling me about his health problems. Why are we not willing to shake this up, you guys? Why are we not willing to do it? And people are doing it because... Honestly, it's June. They they're not playing too terribly well. They have, you know, when they win, they 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 win two. They take two or three, and even when they take two or three, they sandwich it. They win on a Friday, lose on a Saturday, win on a Sunday. Like it's never just like, oh my god, like the the Reds. The Reds have won eight in a row. Mm-hmm. 
That's hot. They don't. They haven't done that. No, we haven't done when that. They, what's the most they've won? Do in we row? have three? a five? Do we have a five-game no. win streak? No. We don't have a five-four. We might have a three. <sighs> That's it. No, I, I think we have one three-game win streak. We have to. I have to go look at it. I don't think they have more than a three, though. I don't think they have more than that. And so you're just sitting there in this division that's not very good, and I think people are bored, and I think they just get mad about being bored. Yeah. And so they take it out on the manager, and then they go, well, the manager's been there 10 years. Like, for the same reason they've been been that way with Tomlin. They just look at Tomlin, and they say, Tomlin's been there for how long? I mean, Jesus. And I think they do that. Pony's calling me right now. Well, they're sick. Pony's calling me right now. It it makes sense. Should I pick it up? If you're a Pittsburgh fan, sure. You've won Super Bowl. Actually, I'm not allowed. So just finishing 500 every year or slightly above 500 every year. It's a live broadcast. You know, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that makes you sick to your stomach. like he's a doctor's appointment. Especially with TJ Watt on the team. Could be one one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the NFL. Uh, You've got got defensive line between him and Cam Hayward. Your defense is always good enough. Pretty good, and yet, and what are they winning? What Steelers are they going to win? Boy, you know what? This is a segment tomorrow. You know who some of you Cardians fan remind me of? Steelers fans. So they won. You guys remind me of Andrew Filipponi. They won four to start, so they lost the opener. Then they won four in a row, and they have not won more. So they have one the, four-game win streak? They have a four-game win streak. And they don't have more. Or they have a, a three-game win streak. Okay. Two against Boston and the <laughs> opener against Houston in 14 innings. And that is their three-game win streak. <laughs> Other than that, they've got a couple two-game win streaks going. So you better watch it, A's. Cause we watch that ass. That. Coming for you. Beat the Diamondbacks. Can we say this? So. If they uh, are we prepared to say this tomorrow? Like, let's say they lose tonight. They lose this series to the A's. I mean, come on. What do they have? Kansas City. They have Milwaukee and then Kansas City. Yep. If they don't come out of this looking like a team that is ready to make their move, I think it's lights out. I think we're done because we'll be at the halfway mark. And what? They what got A's, what, Brewers, Royals. Yeah. Cubs, uh, Braves, Royals, and then we're at the break. God, you sound bored just naming those teams. <laughs> he almost fell asleep. No, I'm reading a. I just got an email for football season's already upon us for the for the little one. So I buzzed up at the same time. Uh, we I got have to sign Axel up for football. Oh, just real quick. Hope is quickly fading. That from uh, Mr. Pogue, who's right. been covering. The submersive. Oh my God! Are you serious? Hope is quickly fading. He says it could be impossible to rescue the passengers if the sub is still underwater. I mean, I'm not. Well, I I have a ton of questions. We don't even have time for. So yeah. I don't know. I'm actually mad about it. So. Which you? I'm glad you asked me those questions because you were like, "Well, Sir Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos." I go, "Yeah, there's that's arrogance. That's yeah. arrogance that yeah." I have the money. Let me hire scientists. Mm-hmm. See what you can do. What did you? We've never really talked about Mount Everest. But, what did you? What did you think of those people that? Because now they're getting really good at climbing Mount Everest yeah. because they have the technology. I mean, that's that's a big part but, of it. It used to just be Sherpas. Still, they didn't speak your the, language. The that, people who still do it train. Yeah, it oh, takes yeah. you two. It, the, the people who yeah. do it like, like like hey, you need to specially train for this for yeah. two years before you get to the. Not to the summit, base camp, base yeah. camp. 
but the people that are running this, they've been doing this for a long time. This is not a new thing for the for okay. Ocean Gate. And they've been around and they have many other submersibles and so this is the first time to go to Titanic specifically, but they've been taking people down to see like wreckage of other, you know. And that's fine, but when I hear they got it from RV stores and when they're piecing things together, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I, I want I want to hear specially built. We have machinists in this world for a reason. I that's what I want to hear. I want to hear tested. That's what I want to hear. And honestly, I don't want to do it. I, well, I don't want to do it. I have no need to do it. You heard ten seconds of a clip that I thought was funny, so we played it. Had we not, had we not ever heard that, Lime is the one that brought up the video game controller, and then we go find it, and we hear the camping camper world is what he called it. And mm-hmm. if you never hear that stuff, then you don't have a problem with it because they have they do have a team of scientists and a team of engineers and all that that are putting these things together. I don't understand why they're just using a video joystick. I didn't go into that much detail because yeah. I found out about it five hours ago, you know? Yeah. But I do, like, as I went through and looked at their website and stuff, they've done a ton of stuff. It's not just this. But, yeah, it seems like it's pretty unfortunate. Now, do we uh, think... Is there anything... The, the oversight part of it. Do you think there needs to be oversight over something like this? Or do you think you should be able to be a risk taker... You should be able to, and I'm sure they signed waivers, all that stuff. Should you be able to do this if you want to do it? If you want to write your death sentence, you can do it. Wait, uh, explain that again. Well, I was remember as part of the story uh, that, that David Pogue from CBS Sunday Morning yeah. said there is nothing in the way of oversight over this. This is not something that... Right, like you're there bound was... by law enforcement or by the laws of the of the land, or in this case, the water. Like, there's nobody looking at this company and saying this is safe, this isn't safe. There's no seal of approval here. You just you're on your own. Hmm. Do we think there are certain things in life where you're just on your own? If you meet your demise because of it, it's on you. You're a thrill seeker. That's what you want to do. Is there a responsibility there? Do we? Do we accept certain things like that? Which, by the way, have Double A text us that uh, St- like Guardian, some of you Guardians fans are reminding me of Steelers fans. Or of Andrew Filipponi, one of the two. Yeah, he sent it to you three he, minutes ago. He, no, he didn't, did he? Yeah, he did. What's that? Three minutes ago, he sent it to you. Let me see. Um, he did. Thank you very much. Sorry, I didn't have my phone on me. Yeah, what a turn of events. No kidding, Mike. What a goof. Not Mike Tomlin. The other text we got. Sorry. Um, Cookie Pie wanted us to go to a baseball game with a person. The person's not back yeah, till Friday. He will, he will not Made be the available. biggest deal about us going to the baseball game with him. And then I got excited for the <laughs> so baseball got, game. We're not going to the baseball game. You got tickets I can get. Uh, not that I know of. I have no idea now. You got that luxury box. It's up I to him. I, I don't. Those aren't my tickets. What were we? What, what that, were we saying? Uh, oh. The th- um, Free cookie pie. Honestly, has going over Niagara Falls in a barrel approached that? Had there been one guy who survived and then he did it again and he died? Like, that's just become... Is that called the Maid of the Mist? No, that's the boat that goes underneath. We don't have enough time to hit the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I ne- I've been, have you ever been to Niagara Falls? No, never. I got, Owen, I got in trouble. I told you I, I wasn't allowed to go on the trip. What do you say, Owen? Go every weekend. Okay. 
be serious for Christ's no, I've sake. I've never been there. Um, I got to go to Christmas Niagara Falls story. when I was uh, around Axel's age. And which side did you go to? Did you venture to the Canadian side? Oh, hell yeah, we did. Isn't that amazing? That you was the side. Go over there. Isn't okay. it so far the superior side? Can I share you? I, and, I sh- and is that embarrassing for the people in America on the other side of that? I loved Niagara Falls. Okay. I was eight years old. I loved it. Top three highlights. Um, I like honestly, I like the smell. The smell was unlike anything I've ever smelled How loud before. Is it? Very. I didn't get on the Maid of the Mist. I was with my Uncle Jack and my Aunt Wanda. They had a poodle named Randy. My Uncle Jack, that was his daughter. That damn dog was his daughter. Randy was nice to me, but I remember I petted her, and she got mad at me, and she barked at me, and I looked at her. I'm like, you snitch? Because I'm like eight years old. I'm like, he is not going to believe her. That's what I told you. Okay, top three memories. Real quick, we went to Fort Ontario. Saw Revolutionary War stuff. That was cool. Okay. Went and took a bike ride in the park in Ontario. That was cool. Then we went to we we went to Niagara Falls. I got to drive. We we drove through Buffalo. I saw where the Buffalo Bison played at the time. And uh, then and I think there were a Mets affiliate then. I remember seeing that. My uncle kept it on this rock station that he was so excited we could get. He's like, this is a great rock station. He was so happy because, you know, back then in Canton, it was one rock station. He was so happy. It was like the wolf or something like that. He was so happy we could get. And then we got there to the to Niagara Falls. And um, I remember, I, I cannot describe the sound, the smell. The smell was just this Canadian smell, and it just smelled elegant to me. And everything smelled like that. And I remember being in this gift shop. And I got like Canadian, like these magnets, and like you hey, were at Niagara Falls, and this and the other. And we were at Niagara Falls for like three days, all together. I mean, the trip and everything. We were at uh, probably Niagara Falls for two days, and it was just cool. It was cool to walk down there. Well, we woke up, walked down there, went down to the falls, looked at it. It was incredible. We were supposed to go to this restaurant. They had like a, a replica, like CN Tower thing. We were supposed to go to this restaurant, but then my uncle's like, ah, I don't want to go. So we went somewhere else. And I remember the one night, and I told you about this, we went to a um, wax museum in Niagara Falls. You don't remember me telling you this? I don't remember. There was a wax museum. I was so excited, and they had all this cool stuff. And my uncle was a car dealer. And so he had this Chevy, and I actually I inherited the the. Well, I didn't inherit. My uncle was the executive of the estate. He had executive, the executor of the estate. My uncle had no will. I took the jackets. He had these satin Chevy jackets because he was a Chevy dealer, and he was wearing like you know how like the Guardians have those like baseball jackets. It was one of those, but they were a Chevy jacket, and he was wearing that. And we went, and there was. We took this turn, and I, I remember there was an Iron Maiden at the top of the steps, and you went down these steps, and it was called the Chamber of Horrors, and it Ooh. was everything that you could describe of torture, people being drawn and quartered. Kind of love to see that. I'm sure as a 36 year old adult. I would be mesmerized <laughs> that they put it together. As an eight-year-old boy, I was horrified, and I start wrenching on my uncle. Please let me go. Please Is let me run there? through. I tried to run through. I have no idea, and I'm freaking out. Did you out. pay to get in this thing? I'd have been pissed. Oh, my, oh, my uncle did. 
And oh, he I just, be happy. he could say, not believe it up and get in there. He could not believe I was so afraid. And I remember he's like, he's ripping my jacket. My uncle said that, and I never ripped his jacket. Um, my aunt, I remember, was kind of just like, let him do it, like, let him be upset. My aunt Wanda let Uncle Jack be upset. Yeah, it's part of life. And my dad, I remember my uncle called my dad and tried to rip me for it. Like, you don't believe this, Ken. And my dad's like, what is your problem? He's eight years old. You took him to a wax museum where people were getting tortured. You don't think an eight-year-old boy is going to have a problem with that? Like my dad and my my dad and my uncle Jack got in a fight over the phone while we were in our uh, while we were in Canada. It was ridiculous because my uncle Jack and my dad they were the my dad was one of seven, and they were the closest, but they fought constantly. But they were always very 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 close. And uh, they, I mean, my dad was screaming at him, and my uncle was screaming back at him, going, Well, if you would teach the boy to be a man, and my dad's like, You got some balls on you. It was like. You think that's why to this rough. day you, uh, you're very dark and you love uh, documentaries about serial killers? It might have something to do with it. I was terrified. It was one of the, it was one of the top three times I've been scared in my life. I was, hor- I was horrified. Absolutely eight horrifying. Eight years old, I probably would have been. Yeah, the, live, been there was scared. like heads on stakes. It was gore. Oh, this is it was awesome. Gore. And yeah, a, a guy who's forty-two, yeah. a, a guy who's forty, and a person who's going to be thirty. You know, I'm not going to say my age now, but uh, a guy in his thirties. I think I think it would be cool, but not. But then I was eight years old, and I freaked out. Everything else was great. They had like Elvis and Wayne Newton and all these other things. And it was in awesome. torture chambers. No, that would have been amazing. <laughs> But they had the cha- they, but the Help chamber of the horrors, <laughs> the, cha- <laughs> the chamber of horrors was the I could I just could not get over it and that's what I remember and then we went to the Maslin McKinley game, drove home went to the Maslin McKinley game I remember I took school off to go up to uh, to go up to um, Canada and we went to the Maslin McKinley game. And a guy named Adrian Brown was the running back for Kent McKinley. He ended up playing at YSU, and uh, McKinley won. Vivid very memories. Ex- yep, yep. We were big. Uh, my uncle was a big McKinley booster, and McKinley won that game. It was great. It was a great game. Awesome. And my aunt put together this huge scrapbook. It was great. <laughs> aunt Wanda was so nice. I used to. I used to wake up. I'd wake up too early, and she goes, "You're up too early. You need to go back to bed." And I would go lay back down and try to fall back asleep, and it wouldn't work. And then she used to clean under my fingernails after a bath. She was a very elegant oh, woman. Man. She would church on Sunday mornings. Such love and I'd attention. Be, I'd be like in a, sh- a shirt and tie to go to church with them. She was church on Sunday morning, the whole thing. It was a big ass deal. And she was a, she was like elegance. And it was clean my ears, clean, you know, clean my fingernails, the whole thing. Yeah. And now it's look at me. very nice. Now look at me. Tricking my face off on Father's Day. There we are. At least Lima got to have sex at the end of the night. I'd... <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.